And then it does remind me of this cool time a few years ago when I was at a birthday party. It was like a 14th birthday party, maybe. So we're talking about a good solid, like, eight years ago now. Good solid, like, eight years ago now. Welcome along to the Three Amigos FBL podcast. I'm the Marple Curse and I'm joined today by Amigo Mars, who you can find on Twitter at Mars05. Our Amiga Kylie, she's just putting a bottle of red to bed and waltzing Matilda. Make sure you're following our group account at Three Amigos FBL for more FBL content and of course more of these getting to know you pods. In these series, we've interviewed FBL managers from all over the world as it's our mission to let our listeners get to know the person behind the FBL accounts we interact with each week. To do that, we've come up with 20 questions that will reveal exactly who they are. With the Amigos now, we have Anthony, who you should all know and love, from Twitter, at FBL Stag. Stag, you're very welcome to the show. Are you ready to bear your soul to the FBL community? I'll do my best anyway. Thanks very much for having me on, guys. Good stuff. Thanks a million for coming on. Um, so first one is to describe yourself in three words first. Pretty simple, isn't it, Duncan? In this case, uh, younger than you, uh, Grandpa. No, um, I'm, I went for trying to win, as myself described in three words. Pretty competitive, I think. So that would be me. Good stuff. It's a new one on us. We haven't heard that one before. No, no. I yeah. you don't come across very competitive. It must be like one of those hidden features you come across all friendly and helpful and then you mention the age and i just hang up <laughs> you, <laughs> well, you know what honestly. fbl is one of those things where it's just like you can put in as much effort as you want and it really just kind of comes out of stats you know it's not like i can go and like spend hours slaving over things and i'll come out with a better rank or whatever so it's easy to be pretty chill about it but if you're playing five a side or something you probably see a slightly different side <laughs> so um it's quite obvious where the accent is from and i would normally uh, this question at this stage ask where you're from and what do you do for work but we know you're a youngster i don't even think you know what work is yet so what do you do well tell everybody <laughs> uh, so yeah so i am still a student actually i'm going to the final year of my undergrad this september so uh the real world hasn't quite got to me yet i'm not quite sure where my career will take me um so i haven't quite got that yet but i'm living between cork which is my native county and dublin where i'm going to college still um, and for people who aren't from Ireland, um, it isn't actually really obvious where Stag is from in Ireland because that is not a Cork accent that Stag has. It's it's um, it's a very neutral Irish accent, but it's um, the Cork accent. Or why did I come in with a Northern Irish accent? I, <laughs> I, I was sound, just like, was sound, that the tone to Cork accent? Like I sounded like your ma. Like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. Not a wee Belfast boy. No, I've um, definitely from Cork, um, but the accent doesn't come through at all. Can you not do the Cork accent at all, boy? I can, but I won't be doing it here, Donica. No, it's it's there, all right, but I just just doesn't really. It's just my, my natural tone. So you're not a, you're not there. you're not like me. Uh, and you won't try is, to do an accent. This has quickly become two Irish people <laughs> discussing their accents. I apologise, people. I really apologise. Can we move yeah, on? Yeah, but now? it matters. It's a curious thing. <laughs> like there really are very defined accents between pretty small areas, so it is pretty curious. But yeah, no, I've I've never quite had the accent. Um, a lot of my friends who ended up going to college in Cork definitely developed more of an accent. I don't know if it's just the town where I'm from 
that we tend to be pretty accent neutral until we end up going to college. But uh, a lot of my friends would have developed Cork accents, whereas having gone to college in Dublin, I just haven't quite picked up anything. Yeah, the Cork accent's really addictive, though. I mean, I went to college with Cork <laughs> people, too, and it's one of them accents that you majorly, majorly can pick up on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, if someone if someone were to run into me in Cork, if I was at, like, I don't know, if we had an FPL meetup here in the city or something, and there were a fair few Cork accents around, you'll see it pop out pretty fast. Like, oh, it's yeah, not boy. a very heavy accent. I won't start, I wouldn't start saying that, but, like, it'll, it's just the, you know, the emphasis on the ends of words and things, you know, it'll just start to come out pretty quickly, yeah. Stag, tell us about what first attracted you to FBL, being a United fan, of course, and uh, where did the FBL Stag name come from? Where did you get that idea? So, back in the day, um, you know, when I was a, a wee man in the early to mid-noughties, um, I didn't quite understand what I was looking at, but I used to see these long-form scoreboards over two pages in the Irish Examiner, and I'd be wondering, I, well, I'd be looking at this stuff in wonder, because obviously it was related to football, I could understand that much, but I didn't understand what it was, and I think this was the the last iteration of you know, proper posting fantasy football, or maybe it had an online element to it, but the scoreboard was updated in the paper. Not quite sure how it worked, but that was my first interaction with FPL in any way, shape, or form, or any kind of it. Um, then I, I used to read this football magazine called Match Magazine, and that was probably around that time too. And they had a fantasy football game to it where you used to be updated on your score via email, if I remember correctly. My dad used to print it out and bring it to me, and I'd be like, oh, that's very interesting. But my team was terrible. I obviously didn't understand how it worked at all. But still, there was an interesting ploy in that one. For all of you guys who think that FPL and capitalism have gone too far hand in hand already, they used to have it so that you couldn't make transfers unless you bought the magazine and got like the unique code for every game week to make a free transfer. So for those people who complain um, that we haven't quite got to that level whatsoever in the FPL world at all. Um, so I started playing the ac- on the actual FPL site then on various personal accounts somewhere around like 2007, 2008, I think. I no 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 research or no notion of what I was actually doing um, at all. Like I just picked, you know, players that I liked. I think I remember actually being very chuffed when Michael Carrick scored a goal for me once. And then I got a t- tad more serious about it in the two years leading up to me going into university, just because obviously you get competitive with your school friends. And then 2015-16 was my first year of actually writing. So that was the Leicester year, a pretty impossible year to predict things in. Uh, so my rank actually plummeted as I battled with groupthink and tried to deal with a crazy season. And I've been at it since. Nice one. And what's your uh, highest ever finish? Highest ever finish was just about 12k, which was conveniently the year before I actually started writing. Um, I battled up to 42k last season. That was my best since I've joined Twitter. Um, so nothing major there. I'm not one of these people who've got you know multiple top 1k finishes to my name or anything, but I'm pretty happy with it. And uh, is that your best FBL memory, or is that Michael Carrick goal your best memory? Or as a young fella, I know your memories don't go back that far. You can probably, can you remember? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just about remember Ruud van Nistelrooy. He's kind of like this thing that occurred, you know, in the foggy dew of, ch- of childhood, you know, that sort of time. Um, so, no, I, do you know what? Do you know what, Dalek? This will kind of scare you. I barely remember this 2002 World Cup. Like, I just have some idea of Ireland getting knocked out on penalties and, like, just, you know, Spain, Ireland, this great kind of thing happening, but that's about it. Uh, <laughs> Stag, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> my best FPL memory I'll, I'll bring you back to March the 5th 2012 um, when life was innocent then as FPL was not but the thing I played when I thought of it and I just followed my heart's desires with my transfers and uh, that day 
I decided that Wolves' visit to Fulham was what was grabbing my attention uh, when Martin Joll was still manager at Craven College. And Pavel Progrebniak got the armband that day for me. Scored a hat-trick and I had two goals as well from his pal in midfield, Clint Dempsey. And that meant that I thought I was the best FBL manager in the world. And that sort of pure feeling of joy when a punt comes off and you don't even know what a punt is. That's that's absolutely brilliant. Um, outside of that, with FPL, it's have to be it has to be meetups. I've met quite a few people in the community over the last few years. Uh, I've met Ken Rooney down in Cork multiple times. Um, guy Kevin Ryan, who doesn't really tweet prolifically about FPL, he's a lovely guy. He definitely listens to this podcast. He happened to be in the same Dublin town as me one night when I was watching Ireland versus Denmark, the first leg, not the five one. And so he actually called in to say hello to the bar that I happened to be in. In New York, I met Josh from Always Cheating and Luke, you might know him as FPL Punchot. And in London, then I've been, I've met people two or three times. Um, so I've met Chief, Viper, Stato, uh, FPL editor, Peter Blake and uh, Matt from Yahoo Fantasy. So I've, they're, they're probably my best two memories from FPL. Interesting. Not not many people, obviously people, when we ask about FPL memory, they talk about the game, like you said, you know, something, but... It's, it's really nice to see that um, there are meetups. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, that Miko said that we're going to try and do is uh, do a live pod one of those days. Maybe bring your Irish lot over here or me go to oh, Ireland. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, it's, there's quite a lot of us who are in Ireland, especially. And I think organizing a meetup at some point is totally viable. Like, I've, we've there's been kind of talk already of one in Cork amongst the Cork people that there are, but easy to organize one in Dublin. I've been across in London a few times and just met people while I was there. It's very handy. And I think we should try and do it more because it is absolutely it, a brilliant way it to. It is, it is. And to be fair to the chief, together. he has informed me a couple of times about uh, it's just sometimes happens that I'm either abroad or or just, you know, busy with the family, but definitely one of those things that I think should happen, and, and I'm glad that it does happen. It's, it's, it's really good to see. So, talk back, back about the game. What is it that you like the most, and what is it that you dislike? So, I kind of, I guess leading on to my answer to the last question, since I kind of tend to avoid riling people up and getting involved in the drama and stuff, I find the community lovely. Um, I don't really deal with the toxic element of it whatsoever. Um, be that through Slacks, DMs, just standard Twitter, um, it's all pretty great. Um, like FPL is a bit like golf in a sense, in that, like, there's nowhere to hide with your results. I kind of touched on this earlier. And so, like machismo and stuff won't really help. So I just don't really get engaged in it. So therefore it's just like you and your decisions are there for everyone to see. The consequences of them are clear for everyone to see as your season develops, be it with team value or a city transfers or whatever. And so all those things that go wrong kind of just build up into this great big picture of you as a person to people on Twitter. So I, I just love kind of engaging with people because of that. Like, so you get to know these people, you enjoy the ride with them and then like I guess for those of us who are involved in producing content as well, there's there's a level of understanding for the sort of messages you know you get in terms of you know the guys that tag like a hundred of us in messages about some random wildcard team or the people who just abuse you for you know saying that Mo Salah would be a good captain picking the one week he doesn't score, and you're just like oh, sorry. And so I, I kind of love that kind of banter with people as well that we can kind of have that we all kind of get each other if that makes sense. And then of course there's like the fun of actually following people's campaign. So think of Don's wide, wild ride into the millions last season. Was it like seven millionth or something you finished on? Um, six and a half, actually. I rose up the ranks <laughs> towards the end. 
<laughs> All right. Good to know you came together there at the end. Uh, Mars's songs. Then, you know, people would be laughing about me in Spain. I think, of you know, who got the assist, Tom's penalty misses, like the streak that just seemed to go on forever. All this stuff is hilarious to me, and I love being involved in it. So that's what I like the most. And then what I dislike the most is the people who kind of tend to maybe, you know, give out to me me you whoever for the choices we make or maybe the the people as well who kind of try to talk about how they called it but they called about eight different things and then they, you know one thing comes off and they kind of act in a way as if they're gods or whatever but you know you kind of it's water off ducks back really so it's just that's just human oh, that's I just do, humanity at the end of the day those, isn't it um, i do love those people who um who said i did mention pedro um but they didn't put them in their own team but yeah you mentioned a lot of people in the preseason, like and some of them are going to score <laughs> in the early game weeks but uh, yeah exactly Ex- exactly like i don't mind someone kind of pointing out when they've mentioned something in an article you know they didn't just like copy paste the whole team list but you know when there's like when it's kind of a ridiculous you know if i if i pick 15 midfielders i'm, I'm gonna get one of them that'll score i guarantee you so it's not there's no real achievement to it then. Obviously, if you say that, if you happen to say that Eden Hazard is going to thrive in X sort of way in Sarri's team, and sure enough, that's kind of coming to fruition now this early in the season, I'd be saying, you know, fair enough, good call. Like, and I'd give you kudos for that and I'd retweet it. But, you know, there's kind of ridiculous stuff then where they're just, people kind of go mad. You know yourself. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, so um, tell us, you're the boss at FBL for one day and you can change one rule or feature in the game. Um, what are you going to change? Um, it's to be honest, in in this case, I'm going with the answer that an awful lot of people who you've brought on have said, and it's just the bonus points and just maybe point, point scoring in general. I would like a slightly more balanced game where the Michael Carricks and uh, N'Golo Cantes of this world are better rewarded for their defensive actions. That would be great. And then maybe that the bonus points perhaps reflected the game better at times too i feel like sometimes goal scorers are done out of it because of their inaccuracies uh, as per salah so that would be the biggest thing i change um I've, people have come up with all sorts of creative changes people have talked about dropping the captaincy or changing the chips and stuff i kind of like those um whereas i'm just not a big fan of the point system fully like i like it and i think at least because it's very clear everyone can work with it but the bonus points are the most ambiguous part of that that i don't like and then maybe from a balanced point of view and to broaden the pool of players that are actually viable picks it would be nice to see defensive actions getting a bit more credit yeah it would be as a defender I, I think it's, it's only fair and defensive midfield is one of those I think it's a specialist area that not many players can do to be honest and they're not credited yeah, so um, yeah. you described yourself we'll take the second one rather than the first one we'll just ignore the first one um, as, a, as, as a person now as an FPL manager how do you describe yourself? Perhaps. And also, oh, yeah. also, where did you come up with stag? Why stag? Oh yeah, I never, I never answered that question. When you no, came. you didn't. So you, no, can, the, you can do two they parts. Say inter- they say interviews should never ask two questions at the same time because the second one never gets answered. So there you go. Um, so I would say to describe myself as an FPL manager, I was for some reason I decided to take that as a very three-word thing again and I just went with could be better. Um, I'm always about trying to be that bit better. Um, in terms of stag, right. So when I was making my account, I'd asked if my writing started was working, like doing stuff for Chief. And I needed an account, a Twitter account to base my stuff off because I didn't want to just work off my own personal Twitter account. So I needed a name and I kind of glanced around my room for something and I saw stag on a box or 
on a picture or something. I'm not even quite sure. And I thought that'll do for now. And then it kind of stuck. It's nice and short. It's hard to misspell and it's pretty memorable as well. You know, it's, it's not an animal that you'd forget. It's, it's just good. Stags are kind of presences in all our lives, be it on, you know, in random places and, you know, artwork or whatever. So I was like, okay, that's a pretty good one. And then it does remind me of this cool time a few years ago when I was at a birthday party. It was like a 14th birthday party, maybe. So we're talking about a good solid, like, eight years ago now where I was paintballing and we ended up the group of us who were there for this birthday party we ended up getting combined into teams with a, a stag do who just happened to be at the paintballing place at the same time that day and so I ended up in on a team with the actual guy who was the stag for this particular party and we had a game of capture the flag where we had to protect the stag and he was the only one who could actually capture the flag and it just kind of it's a nice memory and so I kind of like the idea that the the stag name kind of harks back to that particular day. So those two things. Did you That's notice it, how yeah. he dropped his age in there? I never <laughs> dropped my age. I never dropped my age in. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> he, d- he does it all the time. All the time. Uh, I thought he was going to say at a 14 party. I, I, drop, I drop my age possible. like Donica drops a Zimmer fairing. What can I do? <laughs> uh, tell us, tell us, Stag, what's your target each season in FBL and do you have a mini league cash or otherwise that you look to first? Um, so my goal first and foremost is a tad negative and it's that when you join the FPL game from the first week you have a, a rank that show, shows you how you do how you're doing amongst people who joined in game week one and then you have your overall rank and I want to keep my game week one rank as close to my overall rank which basically means that nobody who started later would have overtaken me that is my aim. And you'd be surprised how many people will overtake you over the course of a season. I think already I'm about, what am I, about 300k or something as we record this. And I think it's about seven people who started in game week two, I presume, have overtaken me, which is just like, how did this happen? And so that's kind of my slight obsession. And then it's top 10k beyond that. Uh, I do have mini leagues and even cash ones. But to be honest, I just focus on my overall rank and just winning the overall game or doing as well in the overall game. Like I've never found myself in a position where I would have to depart from the course I was on radically to try and win a particular mini league. And so therefore, I'm just happy enough to just go for overall rank and know that my side is usually different enough from everyone else's for me to be able to gain on a leader if there's someone I'm close to and maybe consolidate a lead because I don't tend to stray too far from the template either uh, if I'm trying to defend one. That's be kind of disgusting this year if you if you do go below that um that game week one rank because of course game week one this season was a really high scoring one so it definitely gave uh, those of us who had a team from the beginning a bit of a leg up on them. Yeah, but even go on to your own teams right now, you'll probably I don't know how you're both doing overall right now, but you'll probably find that there's one or two people who've somehow overtaken you. Like there there tends to be I'm trying to remember off the stats off the top of my head, but it's it's in single figures, but there tends to be a few teams that finish in the top ten K every year who started in game week two. You're making me look now because I I don't I never understood why they have this game week one. As well it's, as it's, it's more for people who start later you know it's like if you and your friends decide to just start in game week four you can do it you still have a league to compete on a global scale i guess it's kind of the idea i presume that's the idea but i've just taken it to this fanatical level where i just look it, at it, it and I just a bit of an odd one to have on the front page of um on the stats as being that very it that is. much importance that it's uh there but yeah exactly exactly yeah so i kind of obsess over that particular section so how what's the difference yeah. for you guys right now my game week one is higher position than my overall. 
Mine is the same, the exact same for both. 24-1-1-0. Wait, so Marius, what are your two numbers? 404-048 for game week one. And 404-077. That's a lot of digits in your <coughs> rank. <coughs> and, yeah. four, and, wait, and wait, what's the second one? 404 7 077. 07. Oh, okay, yeah. So there's like 20, what is that like? Wait, I, I'm doing this off the top of my head. Just here. under uh, 50, 29. Just under 29. 29 people have overtaken you. See? Yeah, Still obsessive. Um, yeah, you're just, you're just making me, I'm just imagining editing this into a meaningful segment. <laughs> <laughs> I think people would find that hilarious. <laughs> I've never paid attention to it. I've never paid attention to it. Anyway, moving on. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what is the thing that you must do before each deadline? So, you know, we know you write a blog. We'll talk about that later. But do you listen to pods? Are you a reader, a listener? Uh, do you avoid everything? Is there something that you must look at before you do anything? So, like, my, my main thing is obviously the stats that I would dig up myself as I write my own column. I tend to, do, you know, as I'm doing that, I do tend to keep an eye on stats that would be helpful for my own team as well. I don't just blindly go and do something totally unrelated to myself all the time. Uh, and then I do try to listen to pods as much as I can and kind of pay attention to the Slack chats and DM groups and Twitter throughout the week because, and, and the Reddit and the subreddit as well, just to try and keep some idea on what's going on. But I, I'm very conscious of groupthink. I've, I feel it's affected my FPL ability year after year. And so I've managed to kind of, I feel like my improving rank has not been so much to do with better decision making, but by avoiding groupthink and by avoiding just following what seems to be the consensus and instead going with what I think based on what I've seen. So I'm, I'm probably watching more live games now. I used to watch maybe one a weekend. I'm probably watching 2.5 now and always catching highlights shows. So. And I'm reading match reports and all this sort of stuff. So I, I guess it's just get as much information as I can together from a primary source as opposed to through other people. And then from there, kind of do think about what other people are doing because the percentage of ownership and this sort of thing does actually matter, especially when you're in the higher ranks uh, later in the season when the template tends to dominate. And so you need to figure out how you can differ, but how also you can protect yourself. So it's a mix, I guess. Yeah, good stuff. And um, tell me, so when you're choosing your captain and you're deciding on transfers, what day, do you have a kind of day when you like to do that? Or do you try to leave it as late in the week as you can? Or what? Way, what's your process? I would say as late as possible for transfers is kind of my idea. Thursday would tend to be the day on a usual week. There tends to be a price rise towards the end of the week. And you can kind of beat that. But you've kind of minimized the chances of training injuries at least. And when we get to the mid-season, you've got beyond Europa League fixtures at that point. So unless you just happen to be caught by something that wasn't obvious on the pitch, you're probably fine. You've even had a few press conferences as well. Uh, so as late in the week as possible for transfers. Obviously, if there's a if there's a question mark hanging over one of my players, then I'll obviously wait until Friday and the last possible uh, press conferences to figure out more. But I've learned too many lessons over the years to kind of just ignore the uh, the chances of injuries coming later in, or later in the week if I make an early transfer. Um, so kind of in terms of like deciding on my transfers, I tend to have a mental shortlist going at all times for every position, just in case something goes wrong. So I have a mental idea right now of what to do if to, if Mo Salah happens to pull up with an injury. We're recording on a 
on a Wednesday here. So if he pulls up injured tomorrow, I have a pretty good idea of what sort of pit I'll be taking and what move I'll be doing before it even happens. I just tend to be pretty on top of that. Uh, for captaincy, I'm pretty defensive about my captaincy because it's just so crucial week to week. So I tend to try and stick to a fairly popular pick, not necessarily the most popular pick. I differed from Salah way too many times last season for that to be the case, but my heart would overrule my head maybe only five to ten times a season, I would say. So it tends to just go with what is what's, what makes sense statistically and what are a lot of people doing. Stag, if Salah's injured, I'm going to hunt you down from, <laughs> a, from an LFC fan point of view. Yeah. I, I'm not wishing for it. I think he's actually, because of the amount of, sorry, this is now just turning into just very F, uh, weak specific FPL talk. But I think that the fact of the matter is that he's, if he picks up an injury now, it's actually bad for those of us who own him because there's an awful lot of people who are starting to sell him. He's over, I don't know, his sales, his sales are up in the hundreds of thousands this game week already. So. That's irrelevant. If he gets injured, I'm blaming you. <laughs> right. Okay, <So>. well, <laughs> I, I recommend Eden Hazard as a replacement. Shock horror. <laughs> <laughs> I already have him. Uh, oh, right. Damn. So. <laughs> we will... If you have any, do you have any no-go players, teams, or hold any grudges? For example, Dini, fat boy, ain't making it into my team. No matter how well he does. However, I do hold the right to change my mind later on. <laughs> yeah, like, there, there are plenty of players who I have flashbacks when I, you know, if I brought them in or sex captaincy on, particularly Romelu Lukaku, but Eden Hazard kind of falls into that FPL troll status as well, doesn't he? But overall, yeah, the he does. biggest thing I try to do is just avoid players with discipline issues because I just hate that bonus killing. And then I'm pretty conscious as well of injury-prone players, so I try to keep that number to one. So right now I've got Pereira from Watford in my team, and that's plenty of players with a history of injuries for my liking on the team already. I have got Danny Ings as well, I guess. Maybe you could say two, but I think he was just unfortunate, whereas Pereira has had constant muscle issues over the course of his career. Don, did you notice the change to Spanish accent when he said Pereira? <laughs> yeah, no, I've noticed that, but I noticed that whenever Stag is saying player names, he really, really gives it Wally. <laughs> Look, um, I just want to get it right, guys. Non-Irish, you know? non-Irish uh, listeners won't know what I'm talking about, it, but it's kind of the way George Hamilton, when he's uh, commentating on a Russian match, <laughs> and he really gives the names Wally. Well, what and, I love about George um, is that even during is, the World Cup, George Hamilton of FBL. But during the World Cup, even George was uh, changing Kieran Trippier's name to Trippier, as if Trippier. he was French. It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and here comes Trippier. And you're just like, no, George, he's from England. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! Uh, tell us, Stag. Um, the, you, we obviously know you're you're a Man United fan, um, so uh, for your troubles. But um, how do you feel about when was it? Was at the beginning of your FBL? playing career did you kind of veer away from Liverpool players or from Arsenal players or whatever and how no, do you actually uh, feel about how do you deal with the kind of the issue of being a Man United fan both cheering on um, whether it's Salah scoring a goal or a hat-trick or, um, or indeed Man City attacking assets so early in my FPL career a funny way FPL career um, even early in my FPL career I kind of didn't really care to be honest i'd just happily pick whoever um i think my biggest problem actually in one of my earlier seasons was i refused to pick rvp when he was playing for united because i was just like oh he's just going to get injured uh, every single week and that just didn't happen so i kind of had maybe it's it's worked the opposite way if anything but look as a kid i was a man united supporter but 
as a boy who grew up in Ireland, I do kind of wonder with no geographic or local ties to a team. I have no family ties to the team either. Like my family aren't particularly into football. It means that I don't really have a real pressure to follow a team. I can I reckon I followed initially because of Roy Keane and then I came to like the team that, you know, I was growing up with, the Ronaldos and Rooney's and these sort of players. And as with now with Michael Carrick and Wayne Rooney gone, I feel the identity of the team that I followed is completely gone. So I, I'm not really too pushed on the whole tribal nature of football support, football team supporting anymore. The the only team I really support in a proper way is the Irish, the Republic of Ireland national team now, um, which is maybe a bit bizarre to some listeners who find the international breaks a chore, but I actually love the internationals. Um so yeah, I, I really have no qualms about supporting. You know, getting wanting Eden Hazard to score against Man United if he happens to be in my team. I'm happier if United win. Like I do look at United's result and go, oh dear, they shouldn't be losing to Brighton, and that's not a good result. And I wish they did better. Which I don't feel for, let's say, Liverpool if they lost to Brighton. I just think, you know, hilarious. But I don't really have anything beyond that. That's a stark ambition there. Uh, ambition. Sorry. <laughs> Retake, retake, retake. Yeah, yeah. I forgot, I I even forgot the word that I want. Uh, What's the word? Admission, Uh, I think. Admission, thank thank you, Stag. Right, we'll start again, Don. I bet he leaves this one in. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) That's a stark admission. I've noticed quite a few United fans, yourself in general, uh, to mention a couple, have uh, started veering away from we are hardcore United fans too. Well, we just follow them because, I don't know, maybe because they're not winning anymore. I'm not saying that's the reason, but I don't know. Let's see. So um, I think I'd think i I'd, I'd agree with you only that I support Ireland as strongly as I do, and I don't think I'll be seeing them win anything anytime soon. So it's not so much a glory hunt that I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, obviously you are... You're, uh, you know, a known figure in the community. How do you um, feel about the community? What do you like best about being part of that part of that community? We know you write a blog. We and you can tell us about it and how you feel the community supports you with that blog. Uh, so for the first part of the question, I guess I've already talk, talked about the kind of closeness of the community. So what I do enjoy as well is the community that we have and how it's viewed from the outside. I think the the conventional thought is that the FPL community is just a collection of anoraks who just watch football and just, you know, obsess over the stats to it. But I think what I've learned the longer I've been in it is that we've got a crazy amount of diversity in the community that overall comes together in a way that's very indiscriminate and very much together. Like we live in a time where people are separated by algorithms into their their left-leaning, their right-leaning, north-south, red-blue, rich-poor, whatever it might be. And I feel like the FPL Twitter community kind of cuts through that and gives an insight into the real life of people sometimes and maybe the views of people that kind of get expressed from time to time. And I kind of like, it's a privilege to be kind of part of that in a way, to kind of see, get insights into people's lives in a very random way. You know, it's it's almost... It's almost like a random selection of people because you've no idea who you're following when you just happen to follow some guy called Mars or FPL Marple. And then you kind of come to discover so much more about them. And it's really interesting. So that's one of the best things about the FPL community. And even through it, I've kind of 
definitely had a bit of help in steering my own career from talking to people in DMs or whatever and just listening to people and learning about people. So, yeah, it's a bit of a privilege to be part of it. Um, my article, uh, Stag's Take, I write it for NBC's Road Up World uh, every Thursday or Friday, depending. It kind of goes out Thursday night late uh European time, so sometimes you'll see it on a Friday morning. Um, I focus on the biggest FPL dynamics of the week and as well as captaincy. That's the general format of it. Like the community have always been great so uh, so far this season and before that in terms of supporting me in my articles, be that through retweeting or be that through really nice feedback or whatever. And I enjoy interacting with people and I look, I'm happy to help people as well as long as they put a bit of effort into their question. They don't just, you know, as I said earlier, just send me and 400 other people their team and just expect us all to, you know, come back with four page articles about their welcome team that they probably won't even read. Um, and look, I, what I do love as well is like there's a few guys who tweet me in Irish sometimes and I particularly enjoy giving them tips. So if you want to really get advice from me, tweet me in Irish and I'll definitely get back to you. Uh, outside of that, then I just love coming on to podcasts like this one and discussing the game with people on the mic and off the mic too. Great stuff. Yeah. I'd, um, I remember back in the day, um, you used to write for me with the FanView blog back in the day, Anthony. But you were, uh, Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. emailing it emailing it through that was like my first like even slightly paid gig it was great and that was like that was huge do you know what actually don't guess maybe you want to keep this in the pod and maybe you won't but the, yeah, the bit of money i made from that actually proved to be pivotal in my j1 because none of our cards would work with uber when we first arrived in the states and so i hadn't ever touched the money that had accrued in my paypal account and that turned out to be our lifeblood for about a week for transport <laughs> getting around to like going going to walmart to uh like buy our like air beds that we'd be living on for the summer and to buy like basic cutlery and cups and everything we wouldn't have been able to do it if i hadn't happened to write for you guys back then (laughs) and get paid through paypal like i was laughing to myself as it happened (laughs) but it was like this money that i just happened to have just stored away (laughs) came completely hoped through it's brilliant yeah um the uh that's good to hear good to hear um, and tell us the uh, if you could pick one player, past or present, for your FBL team, who would that be? Uh, Clint Dempsey. I absolutely loved Clint Dempsey when he was playing for Fulham. He was reliable. He was cool. He played for an underdog team, but he always seemed to perform. As far as I was concerned, it was just a fantastic player to have. You know, I know you could just pick a a glory player like Suarez when he was at Liverpool or RVP at United or whatever it might be. But to be honest, I always love the underdog players who are overperforming. Your Michus at Swansea, your Clint Dempsey's at Fulham, and so Clint Dempsey. Um, say Suarez, Suarez against. Did that. you notice that Suarez? Say Suarez <laughs> again. Suarez. <laughs> Luis like, Suarez. Do you know what happened? All right, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna open up here on this one. You can add this in if you don't want, or not if you want to. But the fact of the matter is, I moved to Spain for my study abroad, and I was getting laughed at for pronouncing names like the English way. So I might say Suarez and they'd be like, you speak Spanish, you can't even pronounce it or Torres. And they'd be like, you can't even pronounce it. And so I, st- I went the other way and pronounced it properly. And then I'd get abused back home for going and saying Suarez. And I was like, do you know what? Screw it. I'm going to stick to the right version and I'll just, I'll just give this rant to someone. Of, <laughs> one thing about speaking another language, uh, Marzi, you, you, um, you know, hundred percent, you have to give a full welly. You can't like, you can't, if you try to be too um, embarrassed when you're doing it, you need to actually give a proper welly. And especially when you're speaking, Italian or Spanish or French, you might think, or you might picture yourself back in school again and people laughing at you for trying your best with French. But uh, that's the only way you get it right is by giving, just trying not to be embarrassed and just going full welly at it. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> nah, true, true. Uh, right, moving away from FPL, tell us, wait, are you old enough to drink? Before we ask this question, no, I'm joking. <laughs> 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 favorite yes. meal and favorite drink? I'm even legal in the States now. Um, Oh, Look, ro- roast chicken um, is always a favorite with me, but I keep the skin on. That's essential for me on my cuts. Um, look, and then good old favorite like steak barbecued is always absolutely brilliant. Not with barbecued sauce now. I mean, just barbecued. Screw putting on sauce. You can't do that to a steak. That's desecrating it. Um, and I'm slowly finding my feet in the world of curry. That wasn't something I was really into as a teenager. It's just not something we would have eaten at home. But I'm slowly finding my feet in there and even trying to cook it a little bit as well. So that's slowly becoming a meal that I really enjoy. But I haven't quite cracked it to beat roast chicken just yet. Uh, in terms of drink... Um, on a daily basis, I drink an awful lot of tea, but lattes are beginning to worm their way into my life. On a cold winter's evening or around Christmas, there's nothing better than a hot whiskey, though. The, um, the, with roast chicken, of course, a nice bit of crackling on the side of it. Make sure it's nice Oh, absolutely. Skin. Absolutely. It's, I, that's important. Nice that's gravy, critical. Yeah, uh, yeah, a nice gravy, a bit of stuffing. Oh, hard to beat. Is roast chicken an Irish thing, then? Is it? Is it like a big Irish dish, or...? Just, yeah, it would be. Just because it's chicken. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess, yeah, maybe other countries might, like, fry it or whatever a bit more, deep fat fry it, but no, it's not so much. It'd be very roast here, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that, be the, that would be the kind of normal way, wouldn't it? They'd be kind of common enough as well, roast. roast. Yeah, the, the, sun, the Sunday roast, yeah, would be the Sunday pretty. roast, yeah. I think the, for these islands. The, the Sunday best clothes as well. After tipping home course. from the half eleven mass hashtag. Of course, when the grandkids call over to your place, Donica, that right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we all sit around the fire. Yeah, and I tell them <laughs> stories of the old days. But um, tell us the um, if your house is on fire and you could only save one non-living item, stag, what would you grab? You know, when I saw this question. I was like, <laughs> I know what it is. I know what you grab. Uh, you'd grab your fake ID, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well played. No. <laughs> Might grab my wallet with my real IDs, but yeah. Um, look, honestly, I probably wouldn't grab anything knowing me. I'd just run out the door or just deal with the actual people. But at a push, if I was in my college house, so I wouldn't be too mad about like you know saving the people, they should be all able to save themselves. At that point, then, I'd be kind of just thinking of the college notes that I happen to be compiling. If I had upcoming exams, and I'd 100% grab them amongst anything else. Yeah. There's like there's nothing worse than having to do that sort of thing twice. So, college notes. Wait, wait. You actually write notes? Yeah, I I just I'm I'm not a big like I I type them when I'm in lectures, but then I have to write them out afterwards. It just helps. So yeah, this 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 talk is careening all over the place from study advice to like the togetherness of the FPL community on Twitter and the writing. <laughs> yeah, no. To be joking aside, I used to also type my notes because it's the only way that I could memorize things and get them in. Is actually when I read from a book, I have to type it in my own way. Sometimes end ending up in a song, you know, like I always do. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Handwritten uh, notes is how I do it. Writing them out on handwritten is how it goes into my head. It's, uh, yeah, I've never quite broken that habit since secondary school. Yeah. It's just kind of still the way forward. I can't read my own handwriting. If you see it, you'll laugh. So that, that's why I have to type. Um, <laughs> do you have any special skills, young man? Um. I think I'm pretty good at getting all the stuff I need to do done. 
so I kind of concluded that maybe that's a, an ability to prioritize, but you know, interpret that as you will. I'm just able to get what I need to do done. That's pretty much it. Okay, so when you go for a job interview, tell them I can do my to-do list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I actually had an interview once and I had a book beside me. I was like, if I write it in the book, it worked. I'll get it done. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, and I got the job anyway. So whatever, we'll go with it. <laughs> and uh, tell us, Stag, um, what type of music are you into? Are you any, into any particular genres or bands or anything like that? Like, I'm not mad fussed. Like, I, I listen to music a bit, but I'm more of a podcast guy. Like, I'm addicted to Second Captains, for example. That'd be the thing that goes into my ears the most every day. Uh, like, I, I don't really listen to lyrics when I listen to songs. It's just the beat or whatever that I might listen to if I was running or something. Like, in Spain, for example, just, you know, in the last in the five months at the start of this year, where I guess I was kind of maybe listening to music a bit more than I usually would. I was listening to a random mix of old Irish stuff and local reggaeton as well. So I was kind of going all over the place. Like I'm pretty good for 90s and noughties pop. Um, but like even new stuff is grand for me as well. But you kind of have to remember that the new stuff is like scientifically created for people like my demographic to like it. So perhaps that's part of it too. Maybe I'm just susceptible to everything. I, I remember you come across anything that I don't that I'd hate as a whole. Like there are obviously songs I don't like, but... Like every every area, there's probably something I'll enjoy. Right. Last question. Enough of this goody two shoes and the good boy and Stag is a nice boy. Tell us one guilty pleasure and one bad habit that you have. Um, I absolutely love talking to people into the early hours, uh, especially when I'm home. I tend to catch up with friends and stuff, and that means then that I just absolutely destroy my body clock and just lose sleep because of that. So I kind of consider that time almost a guilty pleasure. Um, that does lead to my bad habit, which is just not sleeping enough. That is by far and away my worst habit. And uh, is that your guilty your guilty pleasure is talking to people, is it? Yeah, my guilty pleasure is just like sacrifice like yeah pretty much is just talking to people too much like chin chin as we call it <laughs> even his bad habits and guilty pleasures are not really that bad but you know what, like, lads, like, see, like i know the i know the standard answer to that is like you know whatever eating whatever it might be but like the fact i had a bad chocolate bar when i was about four years old and i just decided from that day forth i hated all of that stuff so it means that i just don't eat sweets chocolate cakes or anything like that ever like i get the dessert menu and i just say a cup of tea please like i really don't like anything on it so it's like my standard standard guilty pleasures i'm just not able to like deal with do you like? Do you, you pick go. your toes like sitting on the couch? Do you? What, what are you? What, how are you picking your toes, Donica? Can you, you reach your toes your at your age? Brush your teeth and splatter <laughs> on a mirror. Something, something like that. Like for example, you know, I love I love all these stupid programs like X Factor and Britain's Got Talent just because it's trash TV. You know, like those kind of things. I hate those programs. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't blame you on that one, but. <laughs> uh, but but Duncan, like, what are you actually? What are you doing to your toes on the chair on the couch? I don't do it. I'm asking you if you do it. I'm trying to get some dirt on it. Yeah, trying to get some dirt. You're coming across too nice here. Uh, Sorry guys, what can I do with Mr. Nice Guy, you know? Uh, Stag, thank you very much for coming on the Three Amigos FBL show. It was a pleasure getting to know you. Absolute pleasure, guys. Thanks very much for having me on. Brave amigos are we, brother to brother and everyone, a 
brave amigo, wherever 